This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. All right. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Uh, it's me, of course, and Patrick. Hello. And today we have a special guest, Lee. He's from Redeemer. And he actually has been part of starting a prayer ministry at his church. Redeemer's a, a decent sized church. It's what I'd call him kind of a mid-level church in, t- in terms of size. And he's been involved in just really bringing prayer to the forefront of that place. And so that's why we had him on. So Lee, why don't you just uh, give us really the context for here's how I really just got impassioned about prayer. Yeah, I think the thing that really drove me headlong into prayer is the experience I had a few years back when I was helping run the youth ministry. There was a camp that we were about to go to. It was a youth camp. And I just felt from the Lord that we needed to pray about it. So the week, and it was it was like a weighty thing. It wasn't just, oh, yeah, we need to be praying about it and move on about our day. It was we need to sit with the Lord and and wrestle with the Lord um, for this camp, for this week long, for these students. So we did that. And the week before we had prayer meetings every day and we had prayer meetings every day. And when we got back, looking back, all of those prayers were answered. Hmm. Every single one of those prayers were answered, even specifically for one student to be saved. Hmm. Um, this this girl was an atheist, and she came back, seemingly not changed. But the first night, she had this experience with the Lord, crying, and then she didn't give her life to the Lord. But the next week, she gave her life to the Lord on her own. Come on, in her bed on Monday night, crying out of crying out to God in anxiety and in fear and in worry. So every single prayer that we prayed was answered from God. <laughs> so I was like, well. If that's what God does, let's keep praying. Sign me um, up for right. all prayers answered. Right. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was really an experience of what Jesus says, ask anything in my name and it will be done for you. Um, so that's, that's what pushed me into it. It was an experience of God in prayer. Wow. Yeah. And that's the most powerful experience I believe is like when you pray for a lost person to come to know Jesus and they do, that's like... Yeah. Come on, Lord. That's the yes. best one right? by far. Ah, that's great. So going forward in your life, have you seen more like examples of that as you were kind of going forward of prayers being answered and, and God working through it? Yes. I think less explicit, less clear, maybe, maybe less intense also, because that was a week long of we just prayed for that last week. We just prayed for that last week. Mm. And God was just answering, answering, answering. But yes, of course, God always works and he's always willing to answer prayers and he's always seeking to answer prayers. 
So I've experienced that many times. Awesome. So you entered Redeemer and I don't know all the working parts of it, but from what I've been told by you and other people in Redeemer, it's been like, okay, Lee is here and like really making people excited about prayer, pushing prayer as a, a mindset, like we need to pray uh, and just being urgent about it there in that space. And then I know you have started a prayer meeting there. And so tell us about how that came about. Yeah, I think all of that in my love for prayer birthed out of that week. And then after that, like I said, I was like, this is serious. This is, this is a real promise we have from God. Let's take this seriously. And that came out of me and another older lady in my church, Maggie Harden. We met day after day after day after day and just started praying. And we would pray for the Sunday service. We would pray for the different ministries that were happening. We, were, we would pray for this. We would pray for that. And we would see answers. We would see, man, what we prayed for throughout the week without talking to the pastors, without talking to whoever was going to preach, he talked about and he taught about and he convicted us of, of that sin. So that pushed me even more to shift my role. I got offered a different position in Redeemer, a pastoral residency focused on prayer and missions. So with that, I just kind of took it and ran and said, let's, let's start praying. Let's start doing these. Let's, let's start implementing different prayers in our service, different times of prayer, different opportunities to pray for the body, um, different emphases to pray for um, in the body. And that was, that was, I think, the, that's how that got started. And then we started building a prayer team. We started having a prayer meeting once a month. Many of the prayer team members would like to start doing it twice a month. So that's probably what we're going to hopefully move into. But yeah, just starting to create and build opportunities for the body to start praying together at Redeemer. How long was that season of you and Maggie just laboring in prayer, watching the the Lord work, not telling anybody else like, hey, we prayed about this, so if you could preach on it, maybe, you know, it's just like just watching how the Lord's working in response to your prayers, but just kind of the two of you how long was that season? Oh, man. Um, she and I probably did it for a year. Wow. Um, and then here and there, other people would come in. Sure. But she and I still pray together, not, not every day, but often probably once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so about, a, about a year. And then after about a year, five or six more people started coming um, and praying with us. And then they phased in and out. So mm-hmm. that's great. I just love the faithfulness of small things, you know, and especially when you get to see how the Lord was responding to your prayers. Because it, how easy is it to feel like, oh, it's just a couple of us. Yeah. This is not successful because there's only two of us. And you could just get, you could just live in the discouragement of there's only two of us who are engaging in this. Yeah. But instead, to just keep, Say, hey, hey, there's two of us agreeing together in the Lord, and the Lord is confirming that he's listening by just answering in these real specific ways. I love that, especially how you said that you guys would pray about things, and then during the week, the Lord would answer those prayers, even through like the pastors and elders of the church. They're teaching, they're discipling, they're training people in the ways you were asking the Lord to help the church. Right. I love that so much. What an encouragement. And it was fun. It was and this seems maybe very unholy of me, 
um, and very not reverent, but it was like a game. It's like, man, what can we ask God <laughs> right. that he's going to do on Sunday? What can we ask God that he's going to do in the youth group on Wednesday? Right. Um, and it was just fun. It was fun to see God work and answer prayers. Right. And love, love his children and experience that. Right. Were you ever tempted to just pray for like a briefcase of cash for every person? <laughs> I was not. Gold, gold dust, nothing? <laughs> okay. Nothing like that. Oh, man. Then you're pretty holy. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. And I, I, I know Maggie as well. And she's just such a faithful person Yes, and just really loves the Lord and has a heart to see young people come to know the Lord and everything. So, um, yeah. And, and for a season that main, that first year that we did it for that season, it was like, we couldn't not, mm. it was like this, this weighty burden wow. from the Lord that we would, both of us would have looking back it's probably spiritual warfare but have feelings of man i really don't want to come today i just i just don't want to go i'm tired it's not going to be worth it it's not going to be fun it's not going to be enjoyable it's just going to be a strain and then somehow we would just end up there we would just be there and we like oh yeah we're praying and then we pray and it's like oh the lord is falling on us mm. his presence is with us yeah you um, never regretted right getting out of bed or whatever you were doing you know Right. Never regretted it. But we couldn't not do it. And yeah. that, that's something I've never experienced before. And, and in the same way as that year, mm. of, I can't not come pray from 3.30 to 4.30. Like it's, like it's just, it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Lee, some people, they're in a church, right? And maybe they get a burden for prayer. But maybe they're in a church that that's big enough that it needs like very administrative processes to run correctly, you know? And so having that people may get kind of intimidated, like, Oh, I don't know if I can start this thing and I have to go through this process. And what if, you know, and I'm not sure, you know, who to go to or how to do this. What would you say to that person? I would say when you find the answer, let me know. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's a challenge, I think, in every situation, or I hope it is. It's not just for me. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not an expert on this. I haven't figured it out by any means. I think a couple things that you can say is, one, there's two things that, that I would say. One, run with the people you have. If there are four people who are saying, hey, we need to pray. We need to pray about this. We need to pray about this situation we need to pray for this leader we need to get together and pray if if three or four people have a burden of prayer from the lord then run with them um and that's that's hard to do especially for me because i'm like i want to i want to get all the people i want to get 200 people in the prayer meeting and weeping on their face crying and experiencing the lord but there's five people ready and willing to pray for an hour and a half. Why don't I give them some attention? Why don't I say, hey, let's, let's create a space. As often as we want to do this, let's do this. Um, so I'd say run with the people you have first. And then second, especially in a mid to large size church, it takes a while to change the direction of the big boat. It takes a while to turn around or, or shift the, the direction of a big boat. So, and what I mean by that, like this is a big 
and I, I hate to use the word institution, but it's a big institution. It's a big structure. It's a big ecclesiastical structure, government, whatever you want to call it. And it takes a while to change the culture of it. It takes a while to shift where we're going. But once you get the elders and the leaders who are continuing to help run the ship and change the culture, then as we do that, it's easier to shift. I mean, you can shift quicker maybe, um, or maybe the Lord wants it really slow. And we just have to mm-hmm. learn to be content with that. And godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm. Um, but as for you, keep praying and keep running with those who want to run with you. So That's so good. Even if it's just you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Have you been able to get attention? Because it does make a difference when you get elders to buy into something, right? Has it been a process where you're able to like, hey, there's this one elder that's very passionate about prayer. I know a lot of church governments work where elders have a little more authority over certain parts of ministry or ministries in the church or whatever. Have you been able to like get an elder excited about it? And that's kind of how you guys move forward with that or? Yeah, we have, I mean, all of our elders love prayer and none of them are opposed to any of this. Absolutely. Good to hear. Good to hear, yes. Um, But we do have one particularly and his wife who are absolutely gung-ho about it and they want to be there. They want to pray. They want to create opportunities to pray. So that has been super helpful. And he can kind of, he pushes that when he needs to in I think I've, I've never been in an elders meeting. I'm not an elder, but I, he has said, I want to talk to the elders about this. I want to, we want prayer to become a bigger part of this service or, or, or our culture. And I'm going to push for that um, in some sense. So yes, that helps. And, you know, we know, we know your elders, they're friends of ours. We, as you said, we know none of those guys are like, pray, what? Yeah. What's that? What is this pray (laughs) thing? Uh, we we know that they're they're praying men, you know they're godly men. Right. They're they're qualified to be in the position they're in, but there is something to be said for all the responsibilities of shepherding the flock that mm. they bear, and and it makes sense that the Lord would maybe may, maybe all of them, but maybe one of them or some of them would have a particular burden for prayer from the Lord, and that they can advocate for that ministry just like anybody would advocate for any ministry. And there's nothing wrong with that being the case. So, yeah. uh, so for you, I just, man, Lee, what I'm from your encouragement about those two things. I just hope for any listeners, anybody who, like Michael, you mentioned, like somebody may be listening and they're part of a church that is, it's a good church, you know, healthy, love Jesus, preach the gospel, all these things. But maybe prayer is not a very uh, highlighted or prioritized ministry yet in their church, but they feel this burden. And Lee, as you said, I just I hope that 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 person or those people who may be in that position would just really hear you saying, "Just be praying, be praying." And I'm I'm thinking, you know, if we're looking to the Lord, the the whole point of prayer is we're asking the Lord to do things that we cannot do. Mm. We know they matter to the Lord; they matter to us. Um, but we can't actually do something about it. And then, so the whole point, that's the whole point of prayer. So 
if we want prayer to become a greater priority in our churches, then we should start by praying mm. that God would... That it becomes a greater priority <laughs> That it becomes a greater churches. priority. And, and that can start with one person that the Lord just burdens for it. And that person crying out to the Lord, the Lord will listen to them. Right. And that, that matters to the Lord. We know that it matters. It's important to Him. So I just took that encouragement from what you were saying, and I just wanted to highlight that and make sure that it's heard. Yeah. So just to remind our audience, the two things that you said were come and pray together anyway, no matter what size of people you have. Run with the people who are coming with you. Mm -hmm. Run with the people you're coming with you. And what was the second one? It takes a while to turn a big ship. Takes a while to turn a big ship. Right. Right. And consistency is, Mm. is pretty key. It is. And you know, having been in church leadership too, I know like I have actually been the planter and like lead pastor of a church where I was the one with the burden for prayer, <laughs> and it still took a long time for a culture of prayer to be created. Yeah. It still did. So it's not like, oh, if you've got some leaders who don't love prayer, that's why it takes... No, don't put all that and on them. Sometimes it just takes a long time to get people on board. Right. I think that's probably the most natural response that we can expect, right? If if we battle not against flesh and blood, but mm. against spiritual spiritual it's principalities, and yeah. y'all know the rest. Um, <laughs> if we are not battling against flesh and blood, what is our only weapon against that? Mm. It's speaking, praying into the spiritual realm. So it makes a lot of sense that Satan's going to try to shut that down at every turn. Of course. He's going to try to convince every church member, every elder, every leader, prayer doesn't really do much. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you should pray before your meal. You should pray before you go to bed. But anything else, probably not, right? Mm. Like, who is it? Jonathan Edwards? I don't know. Not Jonathan Edwards. Somebody has that quote. It says something along the lines of, whenever I sit down to pray, I get so, so busy and so, so everything comes up to my mind and I have to finish this and I'm so distracted, even if it's just by, I have to dust the blinds because Satan is at war against prayer because Mm. that is, Jesus commands us to do it. Jesus tells us to do it. So it makes a lot of sense that there's going to be a lot of war against it, even in our own hearts. Of course. Absolutely. So Lee, is there anything else you'd just like to add? I think in... Bible-believing churches, if we are going to be serious about the Bible, then that follows that we also must be serious about prayer because the Bible is very serious about prayer. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So I have a fun question. I didn't give you a heads up on this, but it's just kind of a fun capping question just so we get to know Lee a little bit better. Wonderful. Lee, what's your, do you have like a, a flagship Bible verse or scripture or a book that you really like on prayer? That's kind of like, this is my war cry. That's a good question. I think the first book that I point everybody to is A Praying Life by Paul Miller. That just kind of opened my eyes to see that prayer is, prayer is like a thing, you know, like, <laughs> like I was a Christian and of course I pray, but then I read that and I was like, oh, you can actually pray. Like you can, you can talk to God about these things. You can talk to God about everything. So a praying life by Paul Miller was really good. 
And right now, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of verses on prayer in tell, the Bible. Tell us just the first hundred. The first hundred? Okay. <laughs> From memory. From ESV memory. only. Off the top. Oh, man. <laughs> Bible drill. Um, the, f- the one that comes to mind right now that I've, I've been loving is, it's in Romans 8. Um, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him give us all things? Mm. Like, that's powerful. Wow. Right? <laughs> like, Tim Keller uses this as he's preaching through Romans 8, and he uses this analogy, and he says, it's like this relative of yours got you this most fancy car, $500,000, a million-dollar car, a million-and-a-half-dollar car, and then as he's checking out and handing him the money to finally get the keys to hand to you, the clerk says, do you want to add a $5 bow on top of that? And he's like, hmm, I don't know. That's, that's kind of putting it over the top. <laughs> like, no. Like, of course he's going to spend the extra $5 to get a bow on top. Right. And that's, that's kind of a silly analogy. But that's what it is with the Lord. Mm. He our father did the hard thing by giving us his son, mm. by sentencing his son to death, by bruising him and crushing him on the tree to take our curse and pouring out all of the cup of our wrath onto him. He did the hard thing. It's easy if you want daily bread. <laughs> yeah. Like that's an easy thing for the right. father, right? right? So how much more will he also graciously give us all things. That that makes me want to pray. Right. That makes me want to ask my father. And I think if we really believe that, and not just, yeah, I know that's true. Not just say, yeah, that's right. Right. But if we really believe that. Right. Really take we, it to heart. If we take it in our hearts, I think that's going to change how we pray. I think you're right. Good word. Wow. Um, we couldn't have a better closing statement than that. So... Thanks for sharing, Lee, and um, we'll see you guys next time. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.